I'm a big believer in one of my kind of mantras I say is your success is inevitable. And so the idea is you also want to set yourself up for where you plan on going, right? You want to mm -hmm. make the steps forward so that you know, I'm going to be successful at what I'm doing. So let me set up the structure now. You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Karen, thank you so much for being with us today to teach us all about the prep for tax season that we desperately need help with. So tell us about um, your CPA business, how long you've been doing it and who, what kind of clients you like to work with. Sure, sure, definitely. So um, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited um, that I'm here to help you guys. This is obviously a crazy time of year um, yeah. at the beginning of the year, but I think it's also really important that everybody hears everything and kind of understands something as we go into season and mm -hmm. everybody feels comfortable with that. Um, so that, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll alleviate a little bit of the stress around, um, yeah. this time of the year for people. So, um, a <laughs> little bit about me and my practice. I, um, a little bit about me first, I've been a CPA for about 10 years. I am um, based out of Florida and I, um, worked at a big firm for a lot of years before going off on my own, I did, um, I'm from Boca Raton, Florida. So if you know anything about Boca Raton, any listeners out there, it's um, a big area for private wealth clients. So I worked with private wealth clients, um, working in very high level tax, income tax planning and strategy. And wow. one of the things that I saw um, at that level is very high touch, very involved and in wanting to make sure that people are very supported. So mm -hmm. as I started my practice, um, I came on to the online social media world. My entire practice has been built off of that, which is incredible. And one of the things I saw is people need the same support. They need the same support regardless of whether or not you're a multimillionaire or you're a person that's still at the very beginning. And it yeah. just depends on how much support you need. And so um, the same questions are asked. It's just a question matter of like, you know, how much and, and what is needed. And so it's been really a lot of fun to basically, I often say that I did it I would usually do like entrepreneurial's life cycle at the end of the life cycle because I worked <laughs> with people in their upper, you know, 60s or thereabouts at the end of the life cycle. They built these yeah. businesses and grew something. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm working with people more at the beginning of their life cycle and helping them build their business with them, which That's is so also cool. incredibly rewarding. So a little bit yeah, about because, me in the practice. Because you can see where they're going. So you kind of have <laughs> that insight, like with this planning now, I know where you're going to be, you know, in your 60s. That is really cool. And yeah. it makes you feel good that people have the same questions. <laughs> Thanks to feel better about myself. <laughs> it's crazy. And it, the reality is the same things. Accountants, we can all talk about the same things. And mm -hmm. it's the same concerns, the same worries, the same blocks that people have around money and whether they're multimillionaires or not. So there's, it's all there. So it's, yeah. um, it's, it's definitely across the board. Wow. And congratulations on building your business, like on social media, which I'm totally not surprised because that's how I found you was on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this woman is like, it's, I mean, the things that you post, like I could understand it. So I was like, this is a sign. Uh, I love it. That's, that's all I can hope for. Honestly, it's, um, that's, I think there is, and to be honest with you, there's a ton of stuff on social media and in any viral world of that 
where you were like, that's not right at all. That's yeah. not right. And yeah. so I felt like there was a voice that needed to also be, you know, out there. So people understood there are, yeah, you can have really aggressive positions or not. And it kind of makes everybody feel a little bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. So because there's yeah. varying different grades, and this is important, kind of a side note, but as CPAs and as tax preparers, people are every varying degree of conservative or aggressive when it comes to the tax code. And so um, and we can talk about this a little bit, but the reality is, is that some accountants are more aggressive and it also mm-hmm. depends and it maybe is in alignment with a, a client, whereas other clients are a lot more conservative. And so there's that, that yeah. approach on how you kind of deal with that. And um, so I think everybody kind of needs a voice and an understanding. So I'm glad you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I write things and I'm like, oh, is this going to come across the right way? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a really good sign. If Coming from me, that's a good sign. So yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited for this episode because I think, um, well, in every industry, you know, with with small businesses, when you get started, there's kind of this mindset of like, well, maybe I don't need to file taxes or maybe I'm not making enough to, you know, make it worth it. Um, and then eventually, you know, your side hustles growing and, you know, we, we start making more money and it just, just kind of swept under the rug a little bit. So, um, or they, you know, there's this feeling that tax prep isn't as important as other facets of the business. So, when do you actually get the ball rolling? Like let, I'm thinking about somebody who's just brand new into a business in this case, you know, the bridal sewing niche. Um, do they start prep that first year or tell us about that? Yeah. So, so I think the first important thing is I'm a big believer in one of my kind of mantras I say is your success is inevitable. And so the idea is you also want to set yourself up for where you plan on going, right? You want to mm-hmm. make the steps forward so that you know, I'm going to be successful at what I'm doing. So let me set up the structure now. That doesn't mean yes. you set up an entity yet. You don't have to do any of that structure yet in the sense of like an entity. But mm-hmm. the first steps in place are things like setting up separate bank accounts, making sure that you're separating it from your personal life. One thing that I see so often happen for people is really the, you know, I say um, a, um, a tax deduction is only as good as, as an deduction that you record, which basically means if you don't know it, because you get to the tax preparation, you know, a year afterwards. So I know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going for it, but I'm going to kind of track back into this. If you're preparing for taxes, you know, a year later after it actually occurred, you know, because if you do it right now and you're doing it for last year, if yeah. you're looking at that right now, what's happening is, is that you can miss things. You can miss things where you put something on a personal credit card that maybe it should have been a deduction. And so what I always say is set up the bank account. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to have a business EIN or an identification number or a business structure. Just literally go set up a separate bank account in your personal name that you say, hey, this one's for business. This is the one I'm going to do for business. And this is the one I'm going to do for my personal. So that would be step one, both bank account and a bank credit card or some type of credit card, something that's set only mm-hmm. for the business. So that's like the first step I say. And then, you know, from there, it's a, how is your business doing? How is it developing? How much income do you have? You know, from, from the point of where your small business that we're talking about here, you know, there's the questions of, you know, do we have sales tax issues? Do we have um, state, obviously we'll have state income tax issues and federal income tax issues. All of those things are going to plumb into play no matter what, because you're going to have to be responsible for them. Mm-hmm. As a small business owner in your first year, if you're not making a lot of money, but you're still going to have expenses. Um, and so expenses are something that, like I said, you want to record. 
If you don't record them on, hey, I'm gonna go grab a QuickBooks online or I'm gonna go grab some type of software that's gonna do it. I always say start with, you know, even Excel or once again, separate bank account, separate mm-hmm. credit card, because then when you get to the end of the year, it's super right. easy to sit down yes. and say, yeah. here's everything, right? Yeah. And so setting up that structure is your first step. The next step after that is really a, it's a moving place because depending on what's going on in your, in your tax relationship, in the sense that what I'm trying to get at is, is that, are you married? Do you have, you know, do you have a spouse? Are you single? Or do you have children? All these things are going to make determinations for things that are going to matter for tax things like estimated tax payments, or are you going to owe tax? All these pieces. And so what I try to say to people is, is that the next step is really just understanding how much you're making. So then you can evaluate how much expenses you have. So mm-hmm. income in, expenses out. Once you have that bottom figure, i.e. your net figure, what you're then doing is you can then evaluate, okay, you know, how much do I have in? Is it I have $10,000 in net amount or do I have fifty dollars or $60,000? You know, where am I on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so taxes become a, a more of a understanding all the things that you kind of could be missing as deductions and kind of making sure you know that's going on. And that doesn't mean you have to have somebody like me prepare your taxes or you have to go spend whatever amount for it, but you have to take responsibility for what it is. Mm-hmm. Once again, I'm going to reiterate because I'm going to say it over and over again is setting up a separate bank account, doing all these yeah. things in the beginning is going to then help you when you get towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about like, when's the jump to like have somebody like a tax preparer, a um, couple things that's important to note here that, you know, most people tell you, I mean, you can file on TurboTax. Most people can, right? Um, the important thing is, is that once you get to the level of you're a small business owner or a business owner in general, you have other things that are going to be included. And there's going to be deductions that are going to be missed that TurboTax is not going to pick up on. Because I'm mm-hmm. going to sit back in the corner and I'm going to be looking at your income tax return from prior years, or I'm going to be looking at what you've given me from record keeping that you have. And I'm going to look at it and say, okay, well, what about cell phone expense? What about your home office? Well, what about your internet? What about, um, do you have some other pro- you know, person, you know, items in your office that you have? All these things that maybe in your head, you think that's not a deduction. So every piece of that deduction that's coming to that, I'm saying, hey, you know, maybe put this on the tax return too. Mm-hmm. Remember, the more deductions you have, the less tax you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a balancing act of understanding what is personal versus what is business and feeling comfortable with it. Most tax preparers, when they prepare it on their own, most are, are more conservative in nature because they're scared of what the IRS is going to say. They're scared of an audit. There's all these scare factors around yeah. it. So you're not going to be very aggressive with it. And the difference is, is that I'm not being aggressive because I'm a more conservative CPA Mm-hmm. But I'm being aware of the knowledge, what is available for tax deductions. So that's right. the balancing act there. Right. So when I think right. about it from like working with someone and like, when's the point? Like, when do you have to like jump to working with someone? I mean, I think it's more of a feel what you feel comfortable with, you know, what right. feels right for you. Um, I often tell people another thing that I kind of is like one of my words of wisdom I say is, is that if you can put a value on how what your worth is like per hour, um, figure out how long it's going to take you to do some of these tasks. <laughs> yes. I, I kid you not. Like I can't, 
I cannot express this enough because people, I, and I actually, one of my big things, I just put a post out recently. And if, if anybody wants to follow me on social media, they can, but I'll, we can do it at the end. But one of my big things I say is like a bookkeeper is should be before even a tax preparer, because mm-hmm. if you're in a place where the bookkeeper, I, I'm going to be able to help you if the numbers are there, if I can see the numbers and I can review them and I can be proactive. If I mm-hmm. don't know what's going on in the business and you give me a blank stare when something's going on in the business, I can't be proactive. And so right. I often say, like I said, I was going back to where I kind of jumped over is, is that put a value, a dollar value on how much you're worth. And then everything that's below that per hour, like figure out a way to hire it out, figure out a way to make that part of your business structure and part of it, because that's going to help you grow. uh, Yeah. And I think that alleviates so much stress. Cause I know for me, I was, I, when you mentioned that like fear factor, yeah, that was totally me being afraid to miss something. And then like, just, and especially the first couple of years, just, I felt afraid of everything. I feel like. Like I was going to get arrested or I don't know, like somebody was going to knock on your door. They're going to come knock on your door. I swear. Right. Like it's scary. Everybody's going to know I'm like making a step up as I go along, you know? So that was one of my first steps and it was like such a relief. And the blank stare definitely happened my first two years filing with the CPA. I was like, I don't know, wait, what am I supposed to have prepared? And I love how you said anticipate success or set yourself up for success. You know, I think people have this number like, well, when I start making like 5,000 a month, that's when I'll start getting things organized or that's when I'll consider maybe getting a separate bank account. And I can think of somebody like right off the top of my head who is in that boat, just kind of waiting to make it like official. But when you do make it official, you're saying, okay, I believe in myself and I believe in this business and this dream and just getting ready to bring in the money, you know? (laughs) I heard somebody, I, I think it was one of my girlfriends too, actually, that she had put a post up that I've just really loved. And it was the idea of like, when you constantly put, um, that like, oh, well, if this doesn't work, I have something else to, that I can Mm -hmm. do type of thought process in your head. Um, your whole mindset is kind of screwed up from the beginning. Like you need to just kind of fall in line, like just do it and be full, go full into it. Um, and I, and the big steps there are really just, and it's not hard. And I think that's the important, they're not hard to set up a separate bank account. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not saying a separate bank account from a business, right. you don't have to go get an LLC and do all of that. Now, mm-hmm. are there points when you're going to want to do that? Definitely. There are points when you're right. going to say it's time for those, those movements to that, but there's costs involved in those, um, from a state perspective. And then eventually from an income tax, if you other make other decisions, mm-hmm. but in the beginning, there's, there's really more of like, I know I said, I yeah. feel like a broken record, but I, I swear to goodness, if I could just tell people like that is all you need to do in yeah. the beginning that and track it, then the next step, like you said, of like, oh, I made 5,000. Here's the other thing you said, oh, when I make 5,000, it's so funny to me because most people don't even know that they've hit that figure because <laughs> they combine all their accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not clear on what that number is. And so- right. So much of tax, like so much of tax starts at the beginning stage of understanding, like just business savviness of like, Mm -hmm. I need to do these things first so that then I can get to a point where, okay, now I know what I'm making and I know where I am. And I think there's like some fear involved there because it's like, well, then once I'm going to actually see my numbers, I might realize I'm not making anything. But then on the flip side, you could be (laughs) making more and then you're accountable to yourself. And you're like, these actions lead to this money and you're seeing it as opposed to just like kind of guessing. And you're, you know, some of us don't want to realize we have like an expensive hobby, you know? 
but taking that step. <laughs> That's <laughs> for everything me- in general. <laughs> But the first step is, you know, just putting yourself out there and then seeing the results. You're making yourself see the results and see the numbers. And, and I, you know, the first few months for me anyway, it was like, I don't even think this is working, you know, but being able to see it. Okay. Then you see the growth, you know, so you kind of already touched on this, um, before, but you mentioned deductibles and that can kind of be like a, a, a fuzzy subject too, of what can be included in deductibles or like how, like, what can we grasp at, you know, and how can we keep a clear record of, you know, our deductibles throughout the year, as opposed to, you know, uh, the week before we're getting our taxes done. <laughs> so um, I want to kind of go over what an expense is from the deductible expense is from mm-hmm. the IRS's standpoint. So is that the same general, as the deductible? Yeah, it, it basically. Okay. So, so here's the important thing is, is that, um, accountants like to make things challenging. And we like to talk about things being deductible when it's in a tax, when you're talking about tax, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about something being just um, in a business, meaning somebody's operating the business as a controller or a CFO or something, it's an expense, right? So we mm-hmm. just interchange these words that are literally the same thing. So okay. it's the concept Thank that something that is in an expense is available for a deduction from an, your income. That's okay. all it is. So that's like a simplistic way. But like I said, we make things way too complicated because why not? Um, So so the Internal Revenue Code states that for a deduction to be available for your business, it has to be considered ordinary and necessary. Um, That's the two big things. And then it should not be extravagant. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not exactly in the code, but in general, it says ordinary and necessary and within reason Mm -hmm. and for your business. So let's talk about what those are. Um, So ordinary is the concept that something occurs um, within your industry. So for example, in the realm that you're in, um, an expense like threads or a new sewing machine or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's an ordinary expense of your business. So if the IRS put your income tax return next to somebody else's income tax return in the same industry, you should have similar expenses. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Okay. So mm-hmm. similar in the sense they're ordinary for you to operate. For example, for me as a tax accountant, me being a buying a sewing machine is not going to make sense. It's not going to be an ordinary expense of my industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's ordinary. Um, the next is necessary. Is it necessary to operate your business for it? So for example, yes, for a sewing machine, it's an ordinary and necessary expense for you to operate your business. Mm -hmm. Um, Something like, for example, let's go to the social media realm that we still operate in. Let's say you're you're running your business and you have a big presence online. Well, for you have a Canva account or a Zoom account. Those are all also what are considered necessary expenses of your business for you to Mm -hmm. operate your business. Yeah. Okay, so that's ordinary and necessary. The concept that an expense or a deduction is available to you because you have to have it to operate your business. Okay. So then the next question becomes, why is something not deductible? Oftentimes things aren't deductible from your income because they could be considered extravagant by the IRS or they have too much of a personal portion of it, um, or they're just flat out just something that shouldn't be deducted. All right. Mm -hmm. So for example, Mm -hmm. I'll give you some examples. Um, you know, um, like, um, this one comes up a lot for me, um, particularly in the industries where I am. Um, you buy a new computer bag, 
all right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You go and take your computer to a client's meeting. So you need a bag for that computer. Mm -hmm. But you decide to buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the concept here is, is that if you're not making much money and like in comparison to how much you're making, that doesn't make any sense for you to have the Louis Vuitton bag. Like half your annual income is going towards. Okay. So now same thing goes when someone is making a lot of money, the IRS is still going to look at that and say, well, is that necessary? Like you Mm -hmm. could just buy a simple bag. Like, is it necessary to have a Louis Vuitton bag? So you see what I'm saying? So this is this realm of, now remember, you're not going to have the IRS even come and say anything about any of this unless you're ever audited. All right. So you're not even like, so that doesn't mean, Hey, just, you know, scoop by like no big deal and put things in, you know, one of that goes back to that fear factor thing of like, should I put it? Should I not? Yeah. Um, that is the reason why you also, you have a CPA. That is the reason why you have somebody that's going to support you and walk you through it because we're going to feel comfortable. One of the things that I do, and I'm going to get back to deductions here in a second, but one of the things we do as CPAs is we look at your expenses. We know whether or not something's, so we're going to flat out say no to some things, you know, say yes to some things. And then we'll look at like the maybes mm-hmm. and we'll look at it as this potentially could be ordinary and necessary because remember the IRS doesn't say, Hey, this is deductible. This is deductible. This is, mm-hmm. they say, ordinary and necessary for your business. So what we do is we kind of look at it as, does it fit within your business? Does it, is it within reason to how much income and growth you had? All these things are going to be reasons of why we believe it to be deductible and why we can provide support for it being deductible. Mm -hmm. So for example, one of the things that I see, another one that I see often, um, just in general, I work with a lot of real estate agents as well and, and varying types of influencers. And one that always comes up is like, my hair being done or my makeup, things Mm -hmm. like that. Right. And it's funny because I I often tell clients, particularly in the realm that we're in right now is the internal revenue code pretty much um, is back from, it's back from the 1980s. That was the last time it was really rewritten, like really rewritten. Um, We've had edits and like constant. And so I'm not saying that it isn't, but that is the the last time it was a full overhaul of Mm -hmm. our internal revenue code. And so I often tell people that remember, and there's that, and everything that is ever under audit or there is something going on has to go through the court system to determine whether or not it's something that should be or should not be. So Mm -hmm. in those situations, oftentimes the IRS is just so far behind the times, right? So we're just, they're behind. They don't know this idea of like an influencer on social media or whatever it would be for somebody I have some clients, it's totally not your realm of what you're doing, but just to understand, like I had clients mm-hmm. that were, um, they, they, um, they were RVers and they, you know, their whole business was from that. And so, you know, social media realm. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's not, it's behind the times there's, and yeah. so it's a balancing act. So mm-hmm. the first thing I tell clients when they walk in the door is there are various deductions that you want to make sure you have that you mm-hmm. really can say, Hey, these are really true expenses of my business. I know they are because it costs, there's the cost of goods sold in your business and then in, in the industry, you know, from thread, the fabric, all those type of things that you might need. Okay. But then there's the other stuff. There's the other stuff that you might not know about. And that's where it's a balancing act and making mm-hmm. sure you feel comfortable. Um, and th- there's not, there's unfortunately not like one yes or no to anything. It's mm-hmm. more of a, a determination. And I'm sure you know this from working with your CPA over time too. It's like, 
okay, these are expenses. And they may ask you for additional things. Like, well, what about this? And like, have right. you, you know, are there things that were missing here? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Like my nails, like I get my nails yeah. done because my nails break so easily with sewing. And so I switched over to the acrylic side. I never thought yeah. I'd be an acrylic person, but I am anyway. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's like, I wouldn't get these done if I weren't mm-hmm. sewing and my hands weren't like part of my job where people are seeing my hands and anyway. Yeah. And I didn't want to break into point. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the point. Like some of this is, you know, it, it once again, and I will reiterate this, it comes back to ordinary and necessary concept yep. of every industry is different. An industry that is a somebody washing pets and caring for pets is going to be completely different than an industry that's selling real estate or an industry that's like mine as an accountant or a lawyer. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's and 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 that's where it's understanding. Um, something that, you know, is going to be important for your business. You're right. going to know that. And I think that I, you know, I had, um, one of the things I like to say, a girlfriend of mine that I went to do my master's with, um, says this often. And I always, I loved it that she said it. So I always like to pick up on it. She says, um, <clears throat> if you can stand up, sit across from an IRS agent and not blush, then it's a deduction. <gasps> That's great. The concept is, can you really feel at core, like this is a business expense. Mm -hmm. I know that this, I have to do this for my business to operate. And that's something that kind of fit in your core. Like that's going to give you your yeses completely. Like I know I can deduct this for my business. And so that's kind of how you have to just think through it. Um, it's not a, um, you know, it's so hard. I feel like a typical accountant is like, well, I'm not going to tell you for certain whether or not something <laughs> is or it isn't because that's, you know, but that's reality, you know, yeah. I'd say facts and circumstances and most right. things with the IRS are very much facts and circumstances. Yeah. Cause I think I'd be surprised. I was surprised how many times I did go to my CPA and I was like, does this count? Cause I feel like, did I really need that? But then they're like, well, yeah. And then they would explain why, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there have been some things that didn't count, but, um, yeah. But when you're running your own business too, like so much of you is part of your business, especially in the beginning stages. So it's like, you are pouring so much into yourself, which is into your business, which, you know, all kind of a circle of life. So, okay. How do we financially prepare? Because, um, like, or maybe some simple steps to prepare, like give us a simple checklist of how to prep for 2022. Cause I'm assuming maybe by now, well, no, because we still have till April and not everybody files early. So maybe for the and future, actually, what are simple steps? The, the IRS is still releasing forms right now. So technically oh. people, I mean, it's just the world I'm living in. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So to financially prepare, I'm going to give you a little bit for 2021 and then okay. moving into 2022. Perfect. Um, for 2021, um, if you have not set up separate bank accounts yet mm-hmm. in your business, make sure you pull every statement. I Don't hope people uh, get the separate bank account after losing <laughs> this. Like if you take anything away. <laughs> please, please. I like, it takes, there's no, and particularly if you have it set up with your own personal accounts, most of the time you're not even going to get charged a fee. So like right. you're just, it's just a simple way. So mm-hmm. take that literally. Yeah. I, I literally feel like a broken record and I do apologize. People are going to be like, I didn't hear anything else. Like that's all I heard. <laughs> um, Anyway, so 2021, comb through all of those statements if you have not. So that would be my first one. Comb through everything, make sure. If you're working with a CPA, give them more information if possible. I mean, that's how kind of how I feel. I tell my clients, you know, I'd rather, particularly ones that haven't, don't, don't have as much structure set up or something. I usually say like, give me more information. I'd rather comb through it and say no than for you to be like too scared to give me something. So that mm-hmm. would be um, two for it. 
Um, in 2021, please, 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 if you received a child tax credit um, or if you received any of the um, EIP, which is the economic impact payments, number three, that came through in March last year, please make sure that you give those letters to your CPA. I cannot, or, your, or you have those records to file your taxes. Um, the IRS is severely behind right now. And so um, we know as tax preparers, mismatches, meaning you put something on your income tax return and the IRS doesn't have record of that or has something different, is basically kind of getting shifted and put in a pile of like, oh, we'll deal with later type of thing. Oh, so okay. please, please, please make sure if you received a child tax credit letter, um, which is basically you got the prepayments of any child tax credit, um, make sure you have that for preparing. I think most, I mean, obviously I don't file on like a TurboTax when I do my software, but I'm assuming most of those are probably, hey, warnings, is this correct? Um, but so that'd be number one. Number two, like I said, is the economic um, impact payment that came through last March time period. Um, so that's 2021 in the sense that really there's not much else you can do for 2021. You are in a reactive mode right now to 2021. You are not proactive. Um, mm -hmm. As tax preparers, we often say the most important thing is to be proactive, not reactive. Um, so let's shift gears to what 2022 should look like for you. Um, the first thing I'll tell you is a super easy step is um, right now in your email, in a file on your desk, possibly set up a folder that's for 2022 receipts. Why? Because you're going to set it up so that when you get a receipt for something, you can easily put that receipt in there. There are tons of ways that you can manage your receipts and not put them in a shoebox and put them up in the top of your, you know, um, you know, back corner of your closet. Um, there's great systems online to do it. If you have an accounting system like a QuickBooks, you can take a picture of it and upload it and things like that. But I often tell people a lot of it, your um, receipts are coming through even, you know, just through email. And so set up an email folder that says 2022 receipts and you can easily just drop those in there. Why do you do that? You do that because it's a protection for you. Receipts are considered something that the IRS still wants. I, it's nuts to think that way, but it is something wow. they want. If, yeah, if you are ever audited, you have to show proof of those, those expenses. And so um, the IRS um, is pretty good about anything under $75. They don't care as much about um, mm -hmm. and, and expenses that are like recurring expenses from like a, you know, a Zoom expense or something. They're not going to question mm -hmm. those. Um, but anything like, let's say you go to Target and you buy supplies for your business or something, or you go to the fabric store and you buy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the, if you don't have the receipt for that, the IRS may question whether or not it is all a, a business expense okay. or there was potentially a personal and a business expense. So that's yeah. why you keep receipts. So we say, in, in as a CPA, I often say like, well, you want to make sure that if there's an, it's like a questionable expense, meaning that you couldn't like easily bring up proof of it, i.e. Zoom, you know, Canva, yeah. um, your Google, whatever it is. Right. Um, then keep those receipts, keep a record of them. Just take a picture of it, put it in a file. Um, for me, if I don't put it in clients, um, you know, uh, storage systems from like a hub doc or a um, QuickBooks online where you can store them, I mm -hmm. put them into a folder at least. Okay. I want them somewhere. So that would be, that's for 2022. The next thing for 2022, and this kind of goes with 2022 and 2021, is set up an IRS account. Um, online accounts. So the IRS has an online account. Um, they are really trying to get hip with times and like be all very <laughs> awesome about it. Um, they're still a dinosaur at so much, um, but they are really trying. And one of the things they've done is your online account 
we've had them for a long time, but they're getting much better about what's provided there. And so Mm -hmm. as a client, you can get things like your transcripts, your, which are like your record of what's been filed for the youth for the year, if there's any income, it'll tell you, you can look at payments. You can look at your child tax credits. You can see a lot of stuff. And as a tax preparer, you can actually assign me as your tax preparer basically. And it can help. I can like, I can actually communicate, like have an easier way to communicate. So, um, so that's like a big one for me is, and it's a 2020, 21, 2022 thing to do. Um, but IRS online account, super easy to do. Um, irs.gov, I forget the whole thing, but you can find Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that would be for 2022, like I said, the receipts, um, set up the IRS online account. The next thing is to financially prepare is a quarterly review. So, oh, So what you want to do is um, taxes, like I said, are a household, you know, whole taxing body position. So if you're single, it's just you. But if you have a spouse, then it's you, your spouse, potentially children. It's everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, people often get very confused about like, oh, well, it's just my business, like just my business piece of it. Well, it's not just your business. It's your taxing body. It's under your social security number. So for example, you know, your business may make $10,000 or 50,000, whatever the number is. Your spouse may have W-2 income. You may have additional W-2 income, who knows, any number of things, depending on if it's a side hustle or full in on the business. And so all of those are going to come into effect when reviewing whether or not you need to make estimated payments or plan for it. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I came from a realm where I would see people write checks for millions of dollars a quarter, right? I'd call them and I'd say, your estimated tax payment is $2 million. And they go, okay, no problem. I'll write a check. I know. It's oh my goodness. money. I, you know, it's so funny here. I was just actually with an event the other day with a girl, a, 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 a prior um, colleague that I worked with. And we were talking about the idea of we were just surrounded by a lot of money here. And so I'm so used to the concept of like, oh, no big deal. Like, yeah, no, just like, no big deal. And it's just a concept because it's just what it is. And it's not like, I understand my privilege of it, but I also understand like, I just, that's where I worked. It's it's where I live and how Mm -hmm. I operate. So, so I come from a place of your money is more valuable in your pocket until such time that it's due to the government. What do Mm -hmm. I mean by that? I mean that I'm not saying not to pay your taxes, pay your taxes. Like they're due pay what you need to pay, but the IRS actually has what's called their, like um, the, the taxpayer bill of rights where basically you get to, you only have to pay as much as you are legally required to pay. So what does that mean? It means that with all your deduction, with everything like that, once everybody agrees, that's all you have to pay. Mm -hmm. You, if you are a small business owner, that small business owner is required to pay estimated tax payments. Okay. Or you get penalized. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the concept behind that is if you're by yourself, so I'll start with somebody that's a single individual person. That person has no other W-2 income, solely has just their business income. In that scenario, the IRS is going to say, if you owe more than $1,000 of tax, then you have to pay your taxes quarterly, meaning by April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and then January 15th of the next year. You have to, you're required to. Or word the IRS is going to say, you're, you're penalized. Okay, we're, you know, you basically you're not a W-2 person where your income is being pulled out and your taxes are being pulled mm-hmm. out regularly. 
we're going to require you to pay. Um, that penalty is not enormous. It gets bigger as the more money you owe in tax. So it goes up. So I often tell people that the first step is to think about what your prior year income tax is. So I'm going to walk through a quick scenario. This can get a little complicated, but I will try to be as quick, like easy as, as okay. possible. But the concept is that you are required to pay for estimated. So when you think about being financially prepared for something, you need to understand that it's an impact of not only what's actually going on in your business, meaning you know your number that you have from, you know, having your, your income in and all your expenses, mm-hmm. but you also, it's an impact of like, what's going on from like, does your spouse have W-2 income? Do you have prepayments that you've made because you have W-2 income, all those type of things. So in a single person, you would look at your prior year income tax return and you would look at your total tax due for prior year and you would determine how much that total tax was. And the IRS kind of takes it as formula formula based to kind of get to what is, what should you pay for the next year? Because we're estimating, right? We have no idea what the next year is going to look like. So the IRS says there's two ways of dealing with it. Um, You can either pay 100% of the prior year or 90% of the current year. So that basically means that if you are, um, if you are an individual who is self-employed, you would have to look at it and say, okay, well, if I was to, if I owe $10,000 in tax, I'm going to then say next year. So 2021, I owed $10,000 in tax. When I get to 2022, I don't know where my figures are going to be exactly, but I have to at least pay at least 100% of prior year, meaning $2,500 a quarter, Mm -hmm. April, June, September, and January, or I have to pay 90% of what I believe my income is going to base off of my income. So that's kind of how you you base it. So what I'm trying to get at is that the concept behind this is a little bit more complicated because- when I go back to the thing where I said, you only want to pay as much as you're required to pay in, that's where like making this, like, I hate it. I, I Something that makes me very upset <laughs> is when someone tells me they get a refund. Okay. Because uh-huh. to me, I get like, okay, yeah, but you could have had that money in your pocket for the last year. Yeah. Okay. So the concept is that it is incredibly challenging. And I am not telling somebody who has never understood tax to understand what you should pay in estimated payments, okay? Mm -hmm. And the best place for a person to start at that point is to literally take what their prior year income tax return is. And if they think that their income is gonna be similar to that this year, pay that in quarterly, right? Mm -hmm. Be very conservative about it. If you think your income is gonna be way down, maybe you don't pay as much in. But the concept behind it is if your income is swinging way up, Okay. So mm-hmm. remember you're only required to pay hundred percent of the prior year or 90% of the current year. So mm-hmm. in this scenario that in 2021, you didn't make a lot of money, but 2022, you have a lot of money coming in. There's two things to think about with that. You can pay in at least what you paid in, in 2021, but if your business is going gangbusters in this year and you're doing a great job and it's amazing, then in 2022, what I usually tell clients is you pay in at least what you paid in prior year. And then you set aside the money that you would anticipate as an additional amount in a savings account for you. Right. Mm-hmm. So that when you get to the end of the year, you can pay that or plan to set it aside for the year. Because mm-hmm. the important thing here with that is that you, um, 
as a tax preparer, I mean, as a tax client, like you, you want to make sure like you don't want to have to pay penalties in. I'm, I'm kind of right. thinking about how I can say this. You don't want to have to pay penalties in, but it is just a penalty. And so we're not talking like that something is going to be crazy. It's something to consider because if the money is more valuable in your pocket to help run your business and operate it, at least setting aside, you know, um, I don't know if you ever heard of profit first, which is the concept of like that you save so much in buckets of money into you put aside so much to tax, put aside so much. There's a concept oh, mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah. I don't, I don't follow that online because I'm also a CPA and I know how to manage my money from that perspective. But the idea behind it is, is that you put aside 25% to taxes. Like, hey, I'm going to always put aside 25% to taxes. Mm-hmm. I will tell you the majority of people, 25% to taxes means someone is in the realms of, you know, two, $300,000 a year. So I think it's important to remember that 25% to taxes is good, but you might not have to pay it all into the government. I, I'm sorry, right. am I being vague? I want to, I want people to understand, like, I don't want people not to pay their money into estimates and then take something from me. Like, oh, I didn't have to pay estimates in. That's not what I'm saying. You want to pay estimates in, um, but you have to be kind of methodical about it. You have to think through it. Um, and so one of the ways, like I said, is that best way is look at your prior year income tax return. And if you think you're going to be similar to prior year, then at least pay in that. Yeah. So that, when yeah, you think that, sense. yeah. So like being like the financially prepared of that. And I know I kind of said that in a roundabout way, but the idea behind it is that um, there's always a piece of your income that's going to be taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I tell people, yeah, you maybe, maybe like 20% for taxes, right. Maybe that you want to set aside. That doesn't mean you have to put it into the government yet, but kind of evaluating it as you go right. along quarter to quarter. So you're not just blindsided when it comes to filing and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I have to pay 10,000. Like yes. that, yes. the first time that happened, it's like, what? And it, it yeah. you feel kind of like the life sucked out of you because you're like, I'm making money and I'm growing. And I'm like, then I have yeah. to give it all away. So it's like, yeah. if you do even just putting it aside within your business bank account, having, I mean, that's what I do is I have something just separate that I can I, um, even like with every invoice that's paid, I just Mm -hmm. shave off the top and then it's like, I don't even think about it. You know what I mean? So that it's not like, I'm not like punched in the gut when it comes to like taxes. Excuse me. And I think that the reality is, is that most people do feel that way punched in the gut because the reality Mm -hmm. is, is that you're like, Ooh, pretty good. (laughs) You start making a lot of money. Um, and I think that I, I've had a client say to me one time, we do some like more stuff on like sexy numbers because people talk about like, Ooh, let's make these fun, sexy numbers. But then you forget that like the more money you make, thank you. you. Go up in, you go up in thresholds, you go up in phase outs, like you things that yeah. you don't get all of a sudden. And so, yeah, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like it's amazing. But also remembering that with that also comes other things and right. making sure that you have the availability to understand it is the key. And I, yeah. and I think this is one of the things that I, you know, some people come to me being proactive. Some people come to me being re- reactive. And I think the important thing here is, is that being proactive is so important. I have people come mm-hmm. to me who, who really don't even need to be coming to me yet. They have, don't have a bookkeeper yet. They haven't like established themselves, all these type of things. They're still not making enough. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that like I can support them, but I'm a big believer in like, I want, I want you to value me too, because you feel like you're being supported. Right. 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 And so that first comes from a place of, of understanding that, you know, the more you grow, but knowing when the time is to come, like, Hey, I need a leap. I need support. Like I need support now. Like I can't just do this on myself by myself anymore. 
um, whether that's hiring professionals or not. So yeah. yeah. What are your favorite apps or even courses that entrepreneurs can look into for just tips throughout the year? <clears throat> so I will tell you, um, I, you know, digest as much as you feel comfortable in like follow people on uh, that are tax accountants because sometimes people, I know it, we could be boring, but not all of us are that boring. Okay. And so <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of try to digest little bits and pieces here and there because you'll pick mm -hmm. up little tidbits. So that'd be my first one. Okay. Um, understand your industry, listen to people in your industry of like, maybe what they're doing, find cohorts that you feel comfortable speaking to that they're like, Hey, is this something that you deduct? Is this something that like you, you know, because you're going to help understand that for yourself yeah. and your business. Cause Ooh, like I said, it comes back to that, like ordinary and necessary standpoint, mm -hmm. like do other, other people doing this? I mean, are, mm -hmm. how are other people being advised? Um, the other thing I would say is, and then, and then we're really talking about like applications or things that we would do, you really want to deal, you know, if you're at a place where you really need to be tracking your income, you're no longer just at that, Hey, I have separate bank accounts. I usually say the next step is at least track it on Excel, make sure you're tracking it. Um, yeah. I do have, um, and um, that amazing, wonderful woman that I did my master's and my tax with, we did it together. And she started her bookkeeping business, like well before I started my business. And she, um, has a really cool, like, um, profit tracker that she operates on. And if anybody cool. needs that, I'd be happy to send that over. You know, um, you're welcome to, to have it. I'll tell you who it is, but yeah. She is amazing. That's a great place to start. Um, the other place is, um, then you go to, you know, like a QuickBooks online or, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of depends on how you're receiving income. You know, is it um, like a Square or a Stripe or yeah. are you a PayPal or are you getting cash? Like all these types mm -hmm. of things are going to make a determination on the type of, you know, next applications you need for it. Um, you know, if you're going to, to clients, for example, you're doing, um, you know, alterations and you're going to, you know, right. clients' homes or something in that case, a mile um, you know, make sure, yeah, make sure you're tracking your mileage on mm -hmm. that, you know, and I, I really mean it, track your mileage. Like mm -hmm. really, it's kind of one of those things, like take, take a pen and paper out and say this week I did this and this is where I went at least. Yeah. So you have something. Yeah. I just loves contemporaneous records, meaning it was done when it happened. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. They love it. They're a big fan of it. <laughs> so. I have a, um, I have in our, in my file cabinet, I have like just a folder that has like just tons of random papers and receipts and like just having one spot that I know when I come home, I can just shove it in that drawer. And then at least it has like the timestamp on it. So then when I am preparing it the following year, at least it's all in the same place. But um, for a long time, it was like, things were like on top of the fridge or like in this bottom drawer, like, you know what I mean? Like all in random places around yeah. the house. So like having, keeping track of, like you said, just like taking out the piece of paper and having it in one spot. And then I love the idea of having apps on your phone that like they're keeping track for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of like our subscriptions or like our yearly or things that we pay every month, they're automatic. So that's easy to probably keep track yeah. of, but the, yeah, the other, um, tracking apps would be really helpful. I'm sure. Yeah. And we can and include that in the show notes, the show notes. Yeah, your exactly. And I think, that. yeah, I will. I'll say her name is uh, Katie Farrow. She has orderly accounting okay. by Katie. It's amazing, but okay. I'll, I'll send this up. It's awesome. And I think the point there is, is that you want to make sure that, you know, preparing, like it is about being proactive and I like be proactive, pay attention, know when to make the steps to like, okay, I need to work with somebody or, oh, is this a deduction? Is this not? Ask mm -hmm. the questions. Um, there's so many people, there's so many incredible accountants out there 
resources on blogs, things like that, that are going to be able to support you. Um, right. But you have to be your own, you know, first, you know, best friend in the sense of taking care of your business <laughs> and yeah. taking responsibility for it. Because like you even said, sometimes there is that like, oh, well, I don't know, like, is this just like an expensive hobby? Is this just something that I have, you know, but taking responsibility for it, knowing that your success is inevitable is what's going to make you continue to push forward. And so that's yeah. what I really, really try to push people to understand. Oh, that's awesome. This was like so helpful. And I'm sure listeners are going to love this too. And, um, I want them to be able to find you and all of your, you know, helpful hints on Instagram. So where can we follow you? And I'll, I'll type this out in the show notes as well. Sure. I am on Instagram primarily. So please visit me there. I, um, I did for a long time tax tip Tuesdays. Um, I will see if I get back to my tax tip Tuesdays, but at <laughs> least I am on there. I'm doing reels. Um, everyone's while to make it fun. Um, but that's it. Karen.bond. So those are, that's my name, Karen.bond. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me there. I am on Facebook. My business has a, um, a Facebook page. Um, I'm not as heavily on there. I try to post every now and then. And then I have my website, um, as well, which is bond CPA. Um, and you're welcome to go there and explore, the main thing is, is that um, as a tax preparer, I want people that my two words that I talk a lot about are clarity and empowerment, because it's really important to understand um, what's going on, because that's going to give you the empowerment to make the next steps and make the decisions moving forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm, I'm really wow. excited. And you're making taxes very cool. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not. I Sorry, but majority of my industry are old white males. Um, gotta love them. I mean, I have a dad, that's one, but the reality is, is that I, you know, that's who we're not, what we see it is very fun. And, right. um, and so, but there's a ton of us out there that are, and yeah. you just have to kind of find us a new so, wave um, coming in. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Karen. So much. I can't wait to get this, um, into, I almost said into the ears of our listeners, but that would, okay. I just can't wait to get this information out. I'll just leave <laughs> Okay. Thanks, Karen, so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in joining our online membership, you can head to secrets of a bridal seamstress podcast.com. Our membership includes monthly trainings, access to all previous video trainings, and of course, accountability and encouragement from your peers. I can't wait to see you there.